0: Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. We're talking the Enneagram. If you don't know what that is, I recommend you going to the introductory episode to get a more broad overview of what the Enneagram is and what it can do for you. Today, we're diving into type six. This is the loyalist. If you don't know what your type is, I would highly recommend you take the free Enneagram personality assessment linked in the show notes. It is revelatory. I know a lot of people like to take personality assessments and think they're fun, and they are, and you get your result, and that's all good and well. For me, I always, after I have my results, find myself saying, Now what? What's the point of getting this result for it to tell me, you know, how I am? I already know my tendencies, I know my weaknesses, I know who I am. And the great news is, and the reason why I'm even bothering to talk about the Enneagram is the Enneagram gives you a step by step, level by level look at what personal growth can be for you based on your type. And there are core types, subtypes, you have arrows, the diagram itself can be a bit much when you first look at it. Um, But really, it's this interconnected web of tendencies that we all have in different I guess, different levels or different magnitudes. And so we all have the capacity to be similar to a type six, but you have a core tendency that you revert to in times of stress that is your innate nature. And what we want to do is say, okay, what's the highest expression of that? And what is the trap you fall into or the gravest sin that you'd fall into given your type? So it is categorical. It's not totally about you when we talk about type six but if you take the enneagram assessment you will get not just type six but if you purchase a paid report it will be customized to you and that's where i think you get 10x the value because you're not just a type six if that's what your uh, assessment gives you you really are a type six with a bunch of nuances that make you unique and so i resist the broader categories as the end-all be-all I think they can give you a great overview of your tendencies. What I would say is take your broader category, look at your subtypes in the paid report, and then look at how you're responding in situations in your life to really get the the insights on, okay, here's how I normally respond, here's how I'd like to respond, here's the ultimate of my type. Okay, how far off am I? Can I be more conscious of that? There are lots of journal prompts in the assessment as well. So I think this is really a jumping off point. So when you get your type, the now what is, hey, you're on a journey for life of self development, of being honest with yourself about how you show up in the world and your different relationships at work, with yourself and your own dialogue that goes on in your head. And I would highly recommend that you. Really get to work on reflecting and looking at the situations in your life day to day in order to approach them with the well, with your best foot forward. Let's put it like that. So, the loyalist they're called this because they're loyal, <laughs> shocker, and really secure. <laughs> Security-oriented. So I have a client that's a type 6, and it's always about staying safe. The The critic dialogue is really loud. There's a lot of um, what-ifs and really worried about the dangers of situations, potential threats. Um, so, type six is very vigilant and attentive to those potential threats, and they're very cautious as a result and loyal to what they know their group. So, that can be family group, can be cultural group. This is somebody, even a, a company. They really grab onto social groups as a means of staying safe. So, some people might really love their group affiliations, but remember with the Enneagram, we're thinking about motivation. We're thinking about why is this person doing this? You can have a hundred people in a group. The motivations for each people to be in that group will be different. Why are they there? And a type six is there because they think they're mitigating risk, threats, danger by being in this group. So very security security it's funny to say. Security oriented. Risk averse, and they are driven by a deep desire for safety, support, and guidance. So that's another thing um, that I notice in my Type Six clients. They really, they'll come to coaching, or they, when they have an issue, they really go externally to get guidance. So they're very external when it comes to processing things and they want to gather a bunch of information from different sources that if you listen to episode five about the type five right that could sound like a type five gathering information gathering but why is the type five doing it because they want to be competent they're gathering knowledge for knowledge's sake that to feel competent a type six is going to Look to different people in their lives, maybe ask their parents and their coworkers and their friends and their coach, and and then they're doing this to seek reassurance. They're doing this to feel reassured in the safety, that, so that they're skeptical and questioning, seeking reassurance because uncertainty is risky, right? So that's where I think sometimes when I first heard about the loyalist, I thought, okay, group mentality. They they're loyal it's easy to kind of grab onto that part of the type six. I think there's something interesting under the surface there, which is the, again, the drive, what's driving them to be this way. um, And that vigilant, attentive, very cautious part that comes with the loyalty. So of course they're cooperative and reliable. They value loyalty and trustworthiness. They definitely show up to their groups and are, are there Um, because again they long to feel safe and protected and for them that means relying on established systems or structures to provide that sense of stability so everybody wants to feel safe and protected right at some basic level we all want to feel safe the difference is a type six is relying on those established systems they are looking to authority figures they have trusted individuals that they go to for direction they want guidance and support My type six clients really don't like my questions. They want my input. They want my take. They want my assessment of the situation, right? Because they're seeking to avoid potential risks by getting systems or structures given to them. So as we spoke, and if we recap the motivations of a type six, definitely security, stability. Um, They value guidance and support, and they long to feel safe and protected. So Core words, right? Safe, protected, security, stability. Those are all really going to be the driving factors for a type six. The fears, which makes sense, right? They're scared of uncertainty and insecurity. Anything that risks their safety, perceived safety, emotional safety, right? It can be um, fear of abandonment or betrayal. So it's not just safety on a physical plane, although we definitely understand that right it can be this kind of fear of abandonment or betrayal which i see come through in the relationships that sixes have specifically with their romantic partner where they seek reassurance and validation from others to alleviate their anxiety so they feel insecure how do they go to seek to remedy it externally and they want reassurance and specifically in their relationships that reassurance and validation is important to them so if you're in a relationship with a six they're going to want probably verbal but can be also physical touch but that clear validation and reassurance through hugs through holding hands through telling them hey i'm here for you hey things are okay hey how can i reassure you so you have a chance with the enneagram as well to not only get to know yourself but really put this to work in your broader relationships right whether it's i mean at home with your spouse or if it's In society, at work, I mean, use this tool not just for yourself, right? Um, It's easy to kind of go down the rabbit hole of our own tendencies, but some of the greatest value of this assessment comes from knowing who you're dealing with at the other end of the the table or on the other side of the bed. So um, type six may struggle as well with self-doubt or indecision, as we talked about they really fear they lack the resources or confidence to cope with challenges. And so makes sense, right? Their sense of self is not necessarily all that strong sometimes, um, because that self doubt and indecision, which again, any of us can struggle with that. Um, but they really would benefit and this is why they're drawn to coaching and therapy. Um, because if they can build out their own self image, if they can recreate their story of their lives, then they can trust in their own abilities more. And that fear of lack of resources or constantly going to others for validation is diminished. So as we talked about, right, know your kryptonite, know where you struggle so that you can do something about it. And that's the now what, when you take the assessment in the show notes and you get your type, it's like, okay, well, where do you struggle? Where do you feel stuck? And that's where I know a lot of personality assessments will give you your weaknesses, right? But I, I just always have felt like there's not much... I don't know what to do with it. I really have always been sort of a skeptic of these assessments. And like I said, I've been impressed with, uh, with the Enneagram. So anyhow, in, in this case, if you're a type 6 and you find that you have that fear of abandonment or betrayal, fear of uncertainty or insecurity, you really are trying to constantly... Um, figure out you know contingency plans and you feel these threats to your safety um, then you know it's something that you can absolutely work on with a coach or a therapist Um, two different modalities and i would be sort of maybe that's another episode i have spoken about this in the past but people really come to coaches thinking you know, coaching, counseling, therapy, and even consulting often get mixed up in the same bucket. So if you're wondering kind of what are the differences, I do have an episode on that that you can check out, but I can also maybe speak to that further because I think it's really important to understand what you're getting from a coach. And also there's such a variety in coaching. There's a textbook definition of coaching that you're going to get from the International Coach Federation. And then there's coaching that exists in the real world, just like any theory versus application right so important for you to distinguish between the two there's and and this is a whole other topic um in and of itself and maybe i'll have to talk about this but essentially it's kind of a chicken and egg question where okay is it your core personality and then you grow up with that core personality or is this what comes to be as a result of all of the experiences that you have in your life, especially in those formative early childhood years. And, you know, I mean, I think we could say a little bit of nature, a little bit of nurture, you're born with some tendencies, but then parenting styles can really affect this. So it's interesting, somebody that, for example, is often looking for reassurance and validation and really looks to authority, you could think about what kind of parenting style they grew up with, right? Versus maybe a type three who was brought up that, okay, the result is all that matters. you know, get a hundred on the test by any means necessary, they're going to be striving to please parents who just want the result and don't really care. Did you try? How did it go? How did you feel? It's like, did you get the good result or not? So it's interesting because you can trace back someone's tendencies to the parenting style that they were exposed to. Um, and so it's again, chicken and an egg. Okay. Is it that you became that way because your parents were a certain way, is that the whole picture? Is it partially who you are? And what I've seen, there, I've got one client that's also interesting. There are actually a few, but one that stands out um, that got such close results on two Enneagram types. And really, after p- picking it apart, one type is more like this client's father, and the other type is more like the client. And so in answering the questions, especially certain questions that come up on the the assessment that's linked in the show notes, that Enneagram assessment, in answering those questions, the client was picking answers the way that they thought they should or the way that they see the world, but that's very much so guided by how the the father in particular views the world and really handed that view down to to the client versus what the client's tendencies were and we had to pick apart and it's so i mean i find this fun um but really pick apart okay how do i handle situations as myself what are my beliefs and what are the ways that i handle situations where i'm sort of tagging on to the way my dad would do it you know and of course we're absolutely influenced by our parents those close to us as we grow up any close caregivers right And it's, it's interesting to take that and say, how much of who we're being day in, day out is that is what we've learned versus our true nature. And so for a type three in particular, they struggle with this with a type six, they can struggle with this because they're going external, right? They're going externally to try and find the answers. And so if you go externally and you really have a lot of self doubt. Now, one of my clients is a type six goes externally on everything, gets a bunch of opinions, but then already knows what they want to do deep down. And so it's a really interesting kind of decision making process that's going on where it's like, we just collect the information and then do what we're going to do anyway, which who hasn't done that. Right. But so that's a very six type of thing to do is to go and ask all your friends, but then do what you were going to do anyway. (laughs) Um, and at that point, it's like, did you need to involve everyone in your decision or not, right? So, and the 3, 6, and type 9 are all in a triad together. If you look at the Enneagram, you'll see there's a triangle. There are three lines that connect the type 3, the type 6, and the type 9. And so the type 9 also does this in a sense because they're trying to keep things harmonious. So a type 3 does this for the, the image. The type 6 does this um, because of the self-doubt and the caution. And a type 9 will... Do it out of a need to keep things harmonious, keep the peace. The nine is a peacemaker, which you'll hear about down the road in a future episode. Just just interesting. Interesting to see, again, how much of this is me, how much of this is what I was brought up in, which coping mechanisms serve me, which ones don't, is there a better way Okay, unique ways that the type six navigates the world. So they're cautious and thorough. They carefully consider all their options before making decisions. Really great planners and organizers. So because they're anticipating problems and obstacles, they're taking steps to mitigate them. This is a great project manager, event planner, anyone that has to organize a bunch of different nuanced steps these people are great for this type of role. And the type six, as we've mentioned, really values community and collaboration. So they find strength and support in their relationships with others. They really see it as again, that security blanket. Um, so don't be surprised if the type six has their core people and they really, they really value those relationships. This is not someone that's moving far from home. (laughs) Growth areas for the type six, here are just a few. Um, Of course, depends on your needs as a type six and what matters to you, but trust, definitely type six can benefit from cultivating trust in themselves, first and foremost, and others, but really learning to rely on their own judgment and intuition, I stated this earlier, right? Trust. If you have so much self-doubt that you're always seeking externally, you're hampering your own inner wisdom. Type five can do this as well because they're seeking knowledge externally. And so they often doubt themselves as well. It's why, you know, six wing five, five wing six, it's an interesting combination. Um, but trust, number one for type six. Two is courage. So facing their fears, stepping outside of their comfort zones, embracing uncertainty and taking risks. Life is one big ball of uncertainty moment after moment you never really know what's going to come next and so there's absolutely utility in planning in trying to mitigate risk but then you've got to take the step forward and so courage is so big for a type six and they can really draw upon type three tendencies for that um, really stepping out of their comfort zone and going for it and this can be I think sometimes with, you know, embracing risk or courage, people can feel like it has to be zero to 100 and it doesn't. Just like there are levels of development, ego development for the Enneagram, there are levels to this. You can make a courage map. You can say level one of courage is this. Level two of courage is that. Level three is if I go and eat dinner alone, that feels scary. What else feels scary? You can make levels for yourself. And I love to do this, whether you know we're talking in business, bronze, silver, and gold, or platinum level goals, or any matter in your life. It doesn't matter. People have come to me across the board. Health, relationships, wealth, doesn't matter. Make levels for yourself that are winnable that you actually are interested in walking up that ladder. So if you make them too big, you won't do it. If they're too small, they're too easy, they're not challenging you. You have to trust yourself to make those levels but courage is one of those things where embracing uncertainty and taking risks well you decide what level of risk right not me as the coach not your friend group but you last but not least self-confidence so as we've said right if there's self-doubt what's the antidote of course self-confidence but confidence is a tricky one again a type six in a session you know, I want to be confident in work scenarios, but I don't feel that I can be when other people in the room are better prepared or experts, the, the more experienced. I don't feel that I have anything to add or I, I kind of choke up. I don't know what to say in that situation. Well, sure, right? Because this person is looking externally. They're looking at the social context of who's in the room and that makes them uncomfortable. Self-confidence is the tricky one because assertiveness and confidence comes from knowing what you're talking about. And so I've got an episode on this as well, um, talking about imposter syndrome. It's like, if you've never done something before, confidence is not really what you're going to aim at. I've had this conversation so many times where it's like, I'm doing this presentation for the first time. I'm, I have to do this particular project at work for the first time. I don't feel confident. Okay. Should you, I mean, you know, not to, I'm not trying to be facetious like should you feel confident if you've never done something before to me the antidote to this is always to be willing so willing to learn willing to explore knowing your own inner resources hey can i figure this out how can i figure this out that's what we're trying to get at and also the preparedness which type six thrives with in particular so prepare for the situation where you feel self-doubt prepare as much as reasonable and then trusting those inner resources and that's where self-confidence it's not confidence necessarily in knowing it all or having done it all or being the most experienced in the room it's confidence in your own abilities so I, I really like to separate those two out because of course you don't have confidence if you're speaking to a room of a thousand people and you've never done that before or done it before once or done it 10 times you're there's always going to be a bit of that nervousness right but especially the first few times That's not really what we're aiming at. We're aiming at a willingness to give it a shot, preparing as best as you can, and then trusting those inner resources, trusting your capabilities to find a way to do your best, to map it out, and then be willing to practice. So all of that is, I think, what helps the six to recognize their own strengths and abilities in navigating life's challenges and then to approach those challenges with the resources they have within them, right? Best they can um, Hornady and triad, the type six is a compliant type. So makes sense, right? They really worry about rejection. They want approval. And so they're just going to comply. They're going to comply with institutions, with the social norms, with the social group. They want that validation through their loyalty, through their dependability. They want the trust and acceptance of others. And so comply, comply, comply is absolutely a type six, at least the instinct. Don't make waves, Just smooth it over by complying for sure when it comes to potential conflict, when it comes to um, difficult subjects, political matters. They will try to take the, they'll usually take the popular opinion um, because they want to get that approval and fit in. Okay, and center of intelligence. so. Shocker here. (laughs) The type six is a head center. So, five, six, seven types are head centers. We talked about type five being that head center and that search for knowledge. And here we have the type six kind of approaching things in a similar way because of that center of intelligence. They're characterized by intellectual awareness, problem solving abilities, and that's how they make decisions. They really rely on analytical skills and risk assessment to navigate life's uncertainties and challenges. So, I want to, you know, give you a caveat. It's not that there are no emotions here. It's that the head is the one guiding when the anxiety is being felt. And so this is important to point out to a type six, like, okay, you, here's your rational analysis. But as we talked about, they might go and talk to 10, 15, 20 people in their lives about a particular decision they want to make. But at the end of the day, make the decision that they were going to make all along, you know, like the gut feeling. The So while they will use their head to do their analysis, to then make the risk assessment, to then try to navigate life's uncertainties, we also want to help the type six to tune into the other centers of intelligence, which are heart and body, you know, gut feeling, um, that intuition versus and the feeling of the heart. We want to kind of rely on the head that is their central processing style of of intelligence. But maybe like we said, in that example, instead of going to all their friends, if they knew what they wanted to do, could they have gotten in that situation? It's like salary asking for a certain salary. Okay. If you know that this is your salary range, do you really have to go and seek everybody's input or can you use that time in a different way? So just an option. Never, never forcing anyone. You know, I, I, I love kind of being, being a support hand on the stage of someone's life. That's really how I see myself as a coach. And, you know, I can get fired up, and I can have my own opinions, and I care about people. Uh, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, I really just get a front row seat to, and and such an honor, to see someone, the inner workings of someone's mind, and be that support as they walk through different levels of awareness and look at different ways of thinking about their situation. Um, it's, it's really fun. (laughs) So if you haven't done the assessment yet, highly recommend you click the link in the show notes, do the free assessment. If you want a paid report for further details and a more personalized approach, do that. It's optional. And I would love to hear your thoughts as always in a review subscribe to the show, put a comment, message me directly. All of it is good. The more you interact with the show, the more people get to see it. So share it with a friend, especially if you're a type six, please share it with your entire community. (laughs) And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode where we're going to be talking about a very special type, actually. (laughs) The person who, I mean, I've been exposed to the Enneagram by a bunch of different people, but someone very very near and dear to me is is a type seven and uh all i can say is the enthusiast is a special special type (laughs) that you're going to learn more about in the next episode so i hope to see you there have a lovely rest of your day please do share this episode far and wide so that more people can get to know about the enneagram and uh hey take good care until i see you next Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. It really helps the show when you like, review, subscribe, or donate to support the effort to continue producing amazing episodes just like this one. I look forward to seeing you again in another episode very soon, and take good care until then.